bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Bitch, the Chicago. Here come the men in black. They won't Can't let you oh, fuck. Oh, oh, oh. Fucked it. Oh, Fucked it. Oh. SK, hang on. I'm going to neuralize the audience. Here come the men in black. Galaxy <laughs> Defenders. Oh. Here come the men in black. Don't strike us. What <laughs> you remember? Uh-huh, uh-huh. The good guys dressed in black. Summer of Fun. Yeah, hey everyone, welcome to We Love Dad Movies. It's a new episode. Uh, we're kicking off a new season a day called Summer Vibes. This is basically going to be us looking at the best that the summer movies, the movies of the summer, has to offer. Um, and there are a bunch that I've got planned for this that, that really sprung to my mind as like being, you know, summer dad movies. Um, and at the top of the list is 1997's Men in Black, a movie I adore. And with me today to talk about this movie is Xander Gordon. I am the uh, K to your J. I I feel for the for this for this movie. Yeah, yeah. You're the I'm the new hotness. It's the quote. That, Big Willie style. Yeah. Big Willie style. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I feel we need to preface this episode by because I don't believe you've talked about this on the pod about how much you love Will Smith. Oh, I do love Will Smith. Yeah. And and it's and it's actually a very nice story. Mm-hmm. The reason why I do love Will Smith. Uh, and it's you know it's it's. It was a bit of an emotional week for me this week. It's been two years since Dad passed away. Uh, and watching Men in Black uh, yesterday was kind of like... That was a nice bit of fun movie therapy for me to have. Because that was one of our you know, our favourite movies. And my dad loved Will Smith. Um, to the point where Big Willie style... Um, which is for the, for the, younger, the younger people in the audience... That was Will Smith's... Uh, Late nineties album that came out the same year as Men in Black. Men in Black. Men in Black is included on that album as well. It's where you get stuff like Getting Jiggy with It, Miami. Um, it's a great, it's a great album, by the way. Objectively great album. Um, but one of the songs on there that my dad always used to listen to um, is Just the Two of Us, which is uh, Will Smith's like. Um, it's a song that he wrote for one of his sons. I forget his name. It's one of his first relationship in the nineties. But you know, it's, it's a very, it's a very cute song, and like that was one of the things that Dad used to, you know, sing to me. It recontextualizes the song for to be about the love for a child. Yeah, about yes. love for your, about love, love for your boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really cute because my dad would always be like, "Oh, this part of the song's so true." Took an hour <laughs> just to get the car seated right. People driving all fast got me kind of upset. Yeah, got you home safe. Put you in your bassinet. See, I, I love Will Smith, folks. I don't uh, think you can underestimate audience just how much you and does actually really love Will Smith. I even try and not that I'm laying claim to being anywhere near as good a dancer by the way but my my dancing is I try and be that that just the yeah. I think the thing about Will Smith and I think you see less of that now in his more mature era I suppose is that like he's got this element of like coolness about it but it's always a goofy coolness. It's always you know what it is it's that vulnerable vulnerable masculinity there's, yeah, a sen- there's yeah. a sensitivity to his roles where it's like he he's not afraid to make fun of himself, but he also knows he's like the coolest dude ever. Yeah. And at this point in his career, coming off the back of, you know, Fresh Prince, Bad Boys, Independence and Day. Independence Day, which was the year before, this Men in Black is like the zenith. This is Will Smith's cultural peak. As he said in, uh, I forget which song, he did save save the universe two two summers back to back. He did. He did so. exactly. Independence Day is another one that I want to do for the summer vibe season, by the way. Um, but Men in Black made sense to start with because I've been in a big Men in Black mood. Obviously, the other week we did The Fugitive, um, where I talked a lot about how much I love Tommy Lee Jones in that movie and how much I love him in pretty much every movie, but also Men in Black. Whoa, two of your faves in one combined area. Yeah, it's actually ridiculous. And this is another interesting one for me because I didn't... I watched this series, like Die Hard, I was shown the sequels first. Well, not Men in Black 3, obviously, because that didn't come out until 2012. And by that point, I'd already been made intimately familiar with both movies. Um, but I was only allowed to watch Men in Black 2 for, like, the first six years of my life because my parents thought that the first one would be too scary. And in retrospect, there are some darker elements to this, but nothing that really 
you know... There's, there is some gruesome stuff. I'm surprised, because uh, it's now rated a PG, but it was yes. a 12 at one point. It was, yeah. yeah, it used to be a 12 in the UK, I'm fairly certain. Um, but yeah, for those who somehow don't know what Men in Black mm-hmm. is... Um, the concept. Yeah. The concept of a man in black. <laughs> so, the movie was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who did the really awesome Adams Family movies from the 90s. And there's a guy who... He worked quite a bit as a cinematographer. He shot Misery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of wild to me that he hasn't done more stuff because Men in Black is, like, a perfect movie. Um, but, yeah, directed by him, written by Ed Solomon, who, to this day, has still not been given any profit residuals for the movie because yeah. apparently through Hollywood accounting, it's still making a loss, which is just ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, it stars Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith as two secret agents that belong to the organization known as mib uh and they basically police and monitor alien activity on the on planet earth and you know aliens been around for for decades they first made contact in the 1960s and now manhattan in uh in k-zone words is like casablanca everyone's coming to, to, to check in the manhattan it's like a peaceful neutral zone in the galaxy um and it's up to them to basically make sure that no aliens are getting up to any malarkey and boy, does some malarkey occur Some here. malarkey does sure occur. Because we've got a bug. we got a bug. Zed, we got a bug. Played, as we'll get into, so wonderfully by Vincent D'Onofrio. It might be the greatest performance ever committed to film. <laughs> when you did that Twitter Twitter poll earlier, it was like, name your top four <laughs> movie performances. Why wasn't Vincent D'Onofrio as the bug yeah. in there? I'll put my hands on... Oh my God. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. The people who have not have somehow not had any contact with Men in Black or just familiar with just been neuralized completely. Yeah, if they've been neuro- they've been neuralized. You'd only know about that if you were in with the Men in Black crowd. <laughs> um, like we we got to hold back. We got to get through yeah. the motions before so, we gush. Again, gush, obligatory yeah. uh, spoiler warnings. Like, please do watch Men in Black if you somehow have not seen this film. It is. Genuinely amazing, one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. Probably the best New York movie, which I say without any authority whatsoever because I've never been to New York. However, I think Men in Black and the Raimi Spider-Man movies, like, they Mm -hmm. capture that city so well. Because, I mean, the movie literally opens up with um, a bunch of... uh, So the Texas border. A bunch of people being smuggled across the American border, and one of them is a literal alien, as we we discover. Um, And (laughs) he's like, that's when we fail. And he's like, you don't speak a single word of Spanish. Yeah, he's called it like... uh, So they get stopped at the border, and then Kay and his partner, D, show up. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're like, ah, we'll take it from here, blah, 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 blah. Um, but one of the people trying to cross the border is, in fact, an alien because, as they figure out, he can't understand any Spanish whatsoever. He's this big alien with like loads of little flippers and stuff. The special effects. Is it Mikey? Work, he's called. He's called Mikey. Yeah. The special effect work in this movie is done by Rick. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Rick Baker. I was about to say Rick Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the brain. He's on the brain. R.I.P. Rick Dalton. Um, legendary special effects artist worked on this movie. Um, there is a lot. There is like a lot of CGI which holds up fairly well. It holds, it holds up, up so like, well for me. It's got that early nineties kind of sheen, mm. kind of glossiness to a lot of the CG. Um, like it look, they look shiny, but like it. But the way it's shot, it, looks good. Like, it, it guards looks good it so still. well. Like the finale, like the way they do it, because it's shot at night, so it's not shot in day where the contrast is going to be as clear. Uh, and it's really creatively well done. There's a great mixture of puppetry. And yeah, there's, CG. so there's a mixture of CG and, and, and like puppetry, puppetry work, um, and so it, it all looks really great. Um, but I think what that opening scene establishes, other than the fact that um, D, his uh, K, so Tommy Lee Jones's partner, retires because he's can't, he's not able to keep up anymore, and so he gets neuralized. Um, and I guess the implication is the code word of the code phrase of being like, "Oh, aren't the stars so beautiful?" Is you a, a look at the stars. Is a, is a thing like that. So um, he gets neuralized to get out the game. Um, but it's a running theme throughout this movie of the idea of like you know illegal aliens and Manhattan being a city of aliens and um, I think that that's obviously quite de- deliberate. Yeah, um, it's like the Ellis Island, but brought to the sci-fi kind of like uh, well not because they're not seeking well some of them are seeking new lives on Earth and um, most of them are just there for temporary visits, aren't they? Yeah, they're just checking in. But it is lunch, kind of like you know? Ellis Island, you know. Yeah, they uh, there's a comment on one bit where they're, where they're like oh so all the cab drivers and they're like not as many as you think <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is b- built upon this idea of like new york as a city you know built by immigrants but 
in this and it's scenario. An, it's a, the immigrants it's a, are all a literal aliens. It's a crazy good melting pot, and it's a celebration of New York's weirdness as well, oh, which yes. is what I truly love. But like, hey, do you wonder why so many like <clears throat> strangers in New York are really weird? It's because they're literally aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And I love the the exchange that Kay has with D at the beginning, and like the whole thing is that Kay, as he comes to realize after that moment has devoted all of his, well, uh, most of his adult life to Mm -hmm. MIB. He got into it in the early 60s. He's now in his 50s. D's in his 70s. Mm -hmm. And I think Kay in that moment, he's like, well, D's been doing this for so long. Mm -hmm. He's given his entire life to this service and he'll never have any memory of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's not going to live for much longer. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to know any of his achievements. He can't do the job anymore. It's a really sad moment. Mm -hmm. And like, Kay is there throughout the movie obviously the, the ending reveals that he's been training jay as his replacement mm-hmm. rather than his partner um he's basically realizing oh shit i want to live again mm-hmm. i do want to look at the stars i do want to get back together with my cool gardener babe wife who thankfully has never gotten with anyone else whilst yeah, i was yeah. whilst i was presumably in my coma <laughs> yes uh, it's um it's so good and honestly this is probably one of the greatest screenplays ever written and i mean that not just in the sense of like how well it reinvents you know the premise of the mib comics which for those who don't know are considerably darker and more morose than bleak um it's how much solomon weaves into brief like there'll be momentary bits in the film that you think won't really have any connection that then he pulls back so, like, you have the bit where he's showing Jay around MIB headquarters for the first time, and the guy who goes to meet the Archelian prince is there, like, um, checking, checking in. in. He's like, do you have any fruits or vegetables or whatever? And he's, he's like, checking He's in. checking in. There's a lot of great payoff in this movie. I forget the phrase, the exact phrasing when you, like, set something up and it comes back later on. There's, lo- there's loads of that with the, you know, D being neuralized at, at, the, at the start, um, stuff with the, I think, the cricket... Um, well, noisy cricket. Noisy cricket. There's like series four, the atomizer. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking I'm about. I'm so annoyed. There's like some other stuff in there where they like it's fully pay- like a payoff where they bring her back later on. And I can't think for the life of me what it is. I'm very mm. annoyed. But yes, but there is plenty of stuff they set up and like bring back later. The big red button. Oh, this one. Oh. Um. But yeah. So we kind of cut ahead, I guess, a little bit in time after that initial alien encounter. And I love the opening sequence, by the way, where it's following the dragonfly. Oh, Where it's yes. just like, you've got that sick With theme. With Dan- Danny Elfman's theme. I love that theme so much. And it's just following this bug fly around, and eventually when the credits end, it like hits a windscreen. It's such a great setup for like like the whole threat being bugs. And you know, there's a great line that Vincent D'Onofrio has as the bug here, where he's like... I forget the exact quote. It's when he's like getting angry at the exterminator and he's like, you're all so, I see a bunch of pond scum so convinced of their own superiority over everyone else. <laughs> you ever seen the, 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 the bit taking the wings off a fly? What if the fly got even and stuff like that? Like it's really good. Like it, it shows that like that, that great uh, flipping of the perspective of like, oh, bugs are so, you know, just insignificant and we can squash them. But what if there was a big bug? What if bug big? What if, what if big bug bit my bottom now, men- now bottom big? <laughs> men in bug men in bug men in bug um but yeah we could have had uh jay who is called uh james edwards james, uh, J- yeah james edwards yeah, james yeah, yeah, yeah. edwards he is a cop on the nypd um he is able to chase down this guy who it turns out is an alien and he's feeds back to you know his, his precinct being like i swear this guy's eyelids like blink twice um he like ominously because he jumps off like he sees him like climb up a wall and he sees like this weird alien weapon that disintegrates yeah and like the other cops are just fat as shit and he's just the only <laughs> one booking it down the street chasing if him you down. were half the man i were edwards what you talking about i am half the man <laughs> you are <laughs> take it outside for 10 minutes i think you just need 10 minutes on a stairmaster <laughs> he wrote roasted roasted um fat phobic comedy was peak i'm of the just 90s. hearing the gta death noise whenever that line is <laughs> delivered <laughs> yeah so uh very very 90s you know mm. a cab a cab uh that's why he left the nypd that's why he chose to join men in black yeah. so he's like you know what a cab um so he um so he's able to somehow chase down this guy who turns out to be a cephalopod i think that yes. they're called yeah um and so uh k takes notice of this neuralizes people in his precinct and is like hey if you saw that weapon again would you recognize it come with me and we also that's the other bit so we have the first appearance of um the the morgue um uh what do you call 
the doctor, the, the, the deputy medical examiner played by Linda Fiorentino. Hot damn. Hot damn. Um, witchy goth, uh, <laughs> more goodness she does there. Have, she does have that But, but yeah, she yeah. shows up briefly there and gets neuralized. Then she plays a massive role later in the movie. Yeah, like, it's so just, efficient, such a she tight keeps, ship. She keeps finding occult stuff, you know, she's just, that's just how she is. <laughs> Um, so Jay is very skeptical skeptical of Kay because he's like this 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 guy do not trust mm. him whatsoever. And one thing on this rewatch I will say before I go back into the summary is that this movie feels I mean it's a very quick movie it's like what 100 minutes it goes by so fast I found 98 minutes um, yeah yeah. Yeah it's a very it doesn't waste any time it goes really fast into stuff which I do have some problem with in the scope of like I felt like there was so much in this movie that I'm like, oh, evidently this must have been in the second, like the second one. Or hey, the, or I, the, I, the one. world isn't ready to admit that Men in Black Two isn't actually bad. Yeah, I, I, I would, ag- <laughs> I would agree with that. I don't think it's as horrific as people say it is, but um, yeah. Anyway, so it, it's a very quick movie, so you get really straight into the action. Um, and Kay takes him to this uh, porn porn shop, shop yeah, which, which Jay has frequented many a time because he, you know, knows the knows the. He only just sells second uh, stolen watches. Um, and of course, he's in fact an alien and gets his head. He gets his head shot it's off. Tony by, Shaloub by, as Jeeves. Yeah, he gets his head shot off by Kay. Jay's like, "Whoa, put down the weapon! You're under arrest!" And then his head grows back. Do you have like, any idea how much that stings? Oh god, it's a great time. And he's selling lots of legal alien weapons. And Jay's like, "Um, okay." But then he gets neuralized. It's great. I time. forget the name. Right, you know, because this is a good moment to talk about this yeah. and how good. Tom Lee Jones is as the straight man in oh, this he's film. So good. He gets given such amazing bullshit dialogue to read off, mm-hmm. like series four da- deatomizer, uh, like uh, oh, it's now killing death ray, uh, you know whatever. But he says it was such commitment. The bit all. where he's so he's, the bit where he's showing Jay around the uh, the, the secret gun shop that Tony Shalhoub has, um, and he points out the gun that he saw. And I forget what it's called, but the way Kay says, the way Jonas delivers that line, it's such a hammy gun name. And he's like, oh, Jeeves, you didn't sell a blah, 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 did you? Without a license. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> you didn't sell that to a bug, did you? Um, so good. And we should probably talk about the bug, because we missed the bit where he crash lands. So it's very... <laughs> very stereotypical like a barn in the middle it's like of american nowhere. gothic like the american <laughs> gothic painting uh and we have uh oh what's her name oh siobhan F- uh hogan yes yeah, uh, she's in Beatrice. a bunch of she's in a bunch of stuff yeah she's yeah. great um but you hear vincent d'onofrio <laughs> telling off his bitch of a wife he's like i want to come back to a steak no don't take don't take it away gub fucking b- 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 a piece of shit and uh, the only thing I care about is my truck. And then the truck gets exploded by a... Uh, the only thing that pulls its weight around here is, is my damn truck. truck. Uh, which gets exploded by the crash landing. The cows... There's one cow in that this field. That cow is just great. He's just chilling. All vibes cow. Vincent D'Onofrio comes out um, to investigate. He's there with Put his... Put your sh- projectile weapon on the ground. Yeah, he... Over my dead body. <laughs> and then uh, he gets fucking eaten alive. There's it's a great, gooped. there's a great effect where his skin oh. is just like flopped outside of the hole, and then gets dragged oh, back in. Oh, so um, good! So he's there, like the alien kind of goes into his his body, and is the physicality of Vincent D'Onofrio's performance in this is so fantastic. The voice, I couldn't pinpoint what the voice reminded me of. But I figured out that it sounds just like Lord Rikard from uh, Elden uh, Ring. From Elden Ring, where he's like, "Now we will devour the gods together." Like that's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. Um, but he's there, like, because he's just like meant to be a, this giant grasshopper esque bug in a human suit, and so like the skin, the makeup effects are so good, like. The skin is on him, but it's not quite sitting right, so it's a little bit saggy and then it in different starts areas. to rot the more oh. it goes into the movie. You see it peeling around his fingernails, his like his ears, any, and his eyes. Any and Five this. Nights at Freddy's fans, if you think like William Afton when he like gets scooped, it's like his skin slowly turning purple because it's literally decomposing. You see that happen with Vincent, and he was giving me the worst look. It's what happens with Vincent D'Onofrio in his in this movie, like as it goes on like his skin literally gets grayer and starts getting grosser until by the end literally parts of his bugginess like the tendrils i guess are like sticking out of his fingertips it's so gross it's so good and like yeah the the physicality of this performance is like something that 
like silent movie actors would have been envious of what D'Onofrio pulls off here in terms of the like what he conveys you know he's he's hobbling around you can just tell that he, this this giant monster inside this man desperate to come out uh, and there's just he, he gets so much good comedy from it as well like the bit where he's stalking the Archelian prince in the bug mobile and like he's, he's trying there to... trying to like rest on his on his shoulder and arm he's there he's like, like, oh, oh, also when like he's slowly walking away after like uh, assassinating um these these two guys and he's like limping and he gives like this guy like stares and he gives them like a thumbs up and he's like and like he like slowly hobbles away it's, like, it's a very um I made the comparison that it's very um Steve Martin in Looney Tunes back in action um <laughs> a, bro, move, monkey. a movie and performance that we both venerate that highly. we we love we love so much um but I think not just outside of that specific the Acme chairman role in um in Looney Tunes back in action but the general Steve Martin physicality yeah. I, I think is, is is definitely there and also before he starts rotting Vincent D'Onofrio is fucking smoking in this movie. oh he is yeah. when he shows when Jay shows Kay the picture where he's like was he always this ugly before he was a bug I was like he looks so hot in this movie he's a, before he starts decomposing he's in that big law and order hotness era here isn't yeah, he law yeah. and order he was that was after this I think I fully forgot he was in law and order yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god yeah but like he comes back in in the skin suit sugar <laughs> Give me <laughs> and so sugar. his poor abused wife is just like oh, I'm okay and like gives him like sugar water, water. <laughs> and then he she's like oh your skin's coming off and he like pulls his skin all is the way back better? and she like passes out um and so they eventually Kay and Jay come back to interview her because they are reading the crackpot dailies oh the hot sheets yeah and like the front page is like my husband was stolen by an alien and so that's when they go and interview her. Um, but we're going ahead here. Basically, Kay is secretly training Jay to be his replacement and so invites him with a simple little card to come back to MIB headquarters. And this is one of the... Gr- Again, talk about how great this screenplay is. The way that they tap into... Like, not like Will Smith is so good in this. But I love how Jay is brought into this scenario and MIB is recruited from the most straight, wet, like nerdiest, dork like branches of the you US military. You brought us military. here to be the best of the best of the best, sir! With honors, <laughs> um, and like every decision Jay makes here, it proves his outside of the box capabilities mm-hmm. and like what he sees. And again, it's another great celebration of New York stuff. So like they're all there in the room. He makes that decision to pull the table over so he can write on a solid surface. Yes. You have the bit where there's the the shooting gallery, and everyone's there just plugging away at these monsters just because they look like monsters. Mm-hmm. And and Jay's already like, well, uh, this, that guy isn't snarling. He's sneezing. And I see Tiffany, you know, <laughs> 10 to 14 years old in the ghetto. Reading this time quant- of night. <laughs> and this time of night, we're reading quantum books. Those books are way too advanced for her age. She's <laughs> up to something. Like, it's perfect. Like, all of it is like, again, it, it's, it's a great example of like, hey, there's a lot of weirdness in a city, but you know the one thing you do about it, like they're all great, they're all great diplomats at the MIB. Yeah, and the one, <laughs> the one that is another thing that I, I I found on this rewatch is that the Jay's knowledge of New York itself is what makes him such a good agent. It's a bit later on where the bug has kidnapped uh, Linda. Um, yeah um he's he, laurel. Oh, laurel sorry yes. yeah i know it's agent l that's all i know <laughs> um she's kidnapped by the bug and they've like booked it like down uh, down in a cab and uh he gets outside and on the ground he sees uh, the wooden like seat cover beads and he's like oh they're in a cab and so that's when he starts booking it to look in yellow cabs and so it's like things like that were like that's where his skill set like that's where his like really strong knowledge comes into play um or like when he figures out it's a cat that has the um, the galaxy. On yeah, it. galaxy. Um, he, so he's looking at like cats, like in like the little, we, little skylines. And can we shit. talk about as well um, the great bit where so uh, by this point Kate has already neuralized Jay, um, <laughs> and they had that great bit where they're at the like the the Asian restaurant together, and Kay's having his stupid banter with him, <laughs> and then he comes into the thing. Obviously, just the whole recruitment exams, and you know Kay selects Jay to, to be his dude. Uh, and then they have that just immaculate moment where after seeing the worms for the first time, who I believe are all speaking Huttese from Star Wars, <laughs> like, hey, ah! super manga. Ah! <laughs> um, and like, Jay gets his mind blown. And then they have that great bit where 
he takes them outside, they sit on the park bench and we discuss everything and, and what the job entails. Um, and like Jay's like, um, well, why, why not tell everyone? People are smart. Uh, and Kay's like, a person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous, and you know it. Um, and like, I love that. That, that dialogue is delivered perfectly. And then um, Jay's like, oh, what's the catch? And Kay's like, you sever all, you know, human connections. You know, no one will know who you are or whatever. Um, and then <laughs> Jay's like, is it worth it? And Kay's like, oh, yeah, it's worth it. If you're strong enough. And then he's there looking off into the sunset mm-hmm. all night. And it embraces the weirdness. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love movies that are about embracing weirdness. And he just, he commits to it. Yeah, I guess the thing, one of the things for me is that why, why would you be motivated to lose your entire identity and dedicate yourself to to this Because he's perfect such... for the world. The movie cause... makes it so clear. But I feel like in the later movies, that's when they establish more of his like family background and stuff. You know, you have, like, you have, to... the thing with Kay is that he was there at the first um, contact. And so he's been in there from the beginning. So he had to give everything up to to be part of of mib um and i guess like i like outside of you see very little of jay's work in when he is on the police force Mm -hmm. and i guess maybe i would have liked some more slight motivation to be like why he'd be so willing to be like i think it's just a case of he's like every single sign he gives off is that he's perfectly suited for this world like he loves weirdness like he might find it a bit uncomfortable at first, but he still helps deliver that baby. That he's beautiful, still, beautiful like, Kit Fisto baby. His, 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 like, you know, his indication here is to like help people mm-hmm. and like just have, like he's he's intrigued by everything, but kind of weirded out by it. But at the same time, like he's a perfect fit for that world, um, which I really like. And I think that that's all I really need from this film. Although I do agree that Men in Black Three, which by the way is quite underrated. Um, I do like the the payoff you get with mm-hmm. there at the backstory because usually I'm not a fan of like retcon like mm-hmm. retcon sequels, um, but I think it might be three does it well where you have the whole reveal of you know Jay the time travel element and Jay's dad you know sacrificing himself and or getting killed and you know Kay basically taking it upon it so Kay's always had an interest in Jay, mm-hmm. um, which you know whether or not you you prefer the coincidence that you get in this one or that like it's um. It's just nice. I like that Jay is like, he, he is perfectly suited to the bullshit of MIB. And by the end of the movie, you know, when Kay has been neuralized and Jay is now partnered with, with Asian L, who, by the way, should absolutely have had a sequel dedicated she's to... In, she's in the cartoon and yeah. she's equally very, very alluring. Yes. Um, but At the like, end of the movie, he fully has that Morpheus drip. Well, exactly. He, um. he has, like, he's so, he's made the role his own. Yeah. Like, he is, he is totally the, the lead, the lead guy. Um... Which I really like. I like the, I like Jay's journey in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have lots of political intrigue. Uh, we get some fun stuff in MIB. I'm sorry, I'm just reading this now. John Turturro and Bruce Campbell were oh both my God. offered the role Bruce of Bruce Campbell are do- turned down due to scheduling conflicts? My God. I mean, to be fair, I don't think anyone could have done better than Vincent D'Onofrio. Terrifying alternate reality here where Chris O'Donnell plays uh, Agent J. <laughs> David, David Schwimmer, Schwimmer turned down the part of Je- Jesus Christ. Um, oh, isn't Wikipedia a fascinating invention? Oh, we have really high depth research <laughs> here in Will of Dad movies. Um, we do have to give a shout out to Rip Torn, oh, Chief said, who are my only... We're not hosting an intergalactic cagger down here. My only knowledge of Rip Torn is from... He plays the dad and Freddy got fingered. And he has so many great deliveries in that movie. The movie's obviously absolutely horrendous. But he, the delivery he has where he's so done in that movie. So when I first heard the voice, all I could think of was a bit in Freddy got fingered that he's like, Get out my damn scuba gear! Like, and stuff. Anyway. And anyway, also peak dodgeball. Anyway. Oh, of course, in dodgeball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yes, yeah, I can't torn, do a rip torn impression. R.I.P. Rip. rip, literally rip, rip. rip. Yeah, um, yeah he, he's a he's a fun time in this. You he's know? he's perfect. Like I I think the film is immaculately cast top to bottom. It's one of those like perfect examples of where direction, you know, cinematography, script, uh, music, performances, all of it coalesces like beautifully. Like everything about this film, like it's great to look at. The cast know exactly, like, they understand the assignment so well. Um, and just, yeah, it's, it's it's so tonally unique, and I I love it. It's a, just a wonderful, wonderful time. Mm-hmm. So the main the main crux of this movie is that the uh, this alien diplomat, this prince... The Archillian um, prince. Who is on, uh, in New York, he gets visited by his pal, 
and he's like, hey, a bug's going to be coming down. I'm going to try and assassinate you. Lo and behold, they both get assassinated. Turns out the little the little grey men inside the heads, it's a great effect. Like he's like literally in the little face of the morgue and he like pops out and he's like, oh, it's a great time. Um, he is able to give the clue that the galaxy is on Orion's belt. Because he's at, well, he doesn't know the word. He's like, what is the word? And I sussed this out very quickly because I saw that the cat collar said Orion on it. I was like, good oh, for you. That's what he means. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so basically, on the diplomat's uh, cat, he has a pet cat called Orion, and on the collar has this little marble shaped little attachment, and that is a whole galaxy. The galaxy, insi- baby. Inside of that marble. Um, and. The Achilleans, oh boy, they're not very happy their prince has been killed, so they're threatening to blow up all of Earth. MIB, you have an hour to deliver the galaxy, or Earth will be destroyed. Sorry. Yeah, so um, K and J have to be kind of speedy about finding finding this all out. You know, they're trying to suss everything You know, everything out. People are leaving town, or aliens are trying to skip town and, and, and stuff, so they're trying to find out all the nitty-gritty, um, doing some investigating, talking to Frank the Pug. Who, oh, at the very end, yeah. My, my, who... <laughs> just the way that Tommy Lee Jones shakes that dog. So, so that dog owed him money. Yeah, so Frank <laughs> the Pug is an alien who just looks like a pug who works on a little like newsstand thing and Tommy Lee Jones he sure does shake that dog down. It's <laughs> it's a it's a it's a great time. Um but yeah, we we have all this stuff the the coroner keeps finding weird stuff, so she just she just keeps falling back into this stuff. This weird alien hijinks. So we have the uh, this is this is uh, I'm Doctor Rosenberg. This is Doctor White. Oh, there's a running gag. <laughs> yeah. the, the K will give himself the coolest. This is Agent Manheim. This is Agent Black. And he just keeps giving Jay the most the, the most basic ones. And every time Will Smith just like gives him the, this, this little dirty look every time. <laughs> He's like, "No, oh, you're gonna do me like that, man." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so they they go to um, the morgue where the the bodies have been brought in it's typically what happens in a morgue uh and they basically investigate and find out you know the whole the whole galaxy being on orion's belt stuff and the bug uh is the great bit where he then robs the jewelry store after finding like the, the... <laughs> to try and find the galaxy the, the galaxy yeah, yeah and you have that great bit where um he's his his truck's getting towed <laughs> and he like pulls the shotgun out and the guy's like please like pulls out his own gun and then gets whacked himself and then obviously the, the open the open firefight where we first see the raw power of the noisy cricket oh yes look so jay gets hit in this tiny 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 like, little okay get jay a gun i'll get get junior a gun i forget yeah. the, the line but yeah the tiniest little gun which is actually very powerful we also skipped over a very gruesome death earlier oh the with the exterminator An exterminate so he gets so the bug has this like exterminator vehicle because when he's in the skin suit at the farm evidently a contractor was hired out to clear up like a bug problem and so he kills him by taking like the the spray hose thing and just stabbing it down his throat it's very model combat-esque um (laughs) get get edgar the bug in, in Mortal Kombat. Why has he not been in... Why has Vincent D'Onofrio oh, not been announced in Mortal Kombat Imagine one? animating that. That'd be so good. I mean, one of the new fatalities for Kenji in MK1 is literally, like, his sword going down someone's throat and spinning mm. internally. So, um, yeah. But get K in it and he can go inside Edgar and blow him up from the inside. That'd be quite fun, you know. Yeah, I like this gun. There is a bug character in Mortal Kombat called Devora. Anyway, away from my special interest. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, so, yeah, his, he's got his bug 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 vehicle that he's driving around going (laughs) again incredible physicality like a lot of it is like the 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 makeup where it is kind of like coming off and he's decomposing but there's so much like the way he like limps the way he like contorts his like arms and stuff i'm demonstrating really it's like he has bonitis from future yeah yeah yeah, truly he's got bonitis i only regret this that i have bonitis yeah (laughs) which he wouldn't be because he's a bug Oh, that's true. They have one well, of the end. They have an exo- exoskeleton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, squishy, and then he's so he's got a skin suit over his exoskeleton. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like I forget the specifics of like immediately ex- what happens after they have that first morgue meeting. Uh, they, so yeah, they go to the jewelers. They have the noisy cricket fight. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets away. They don't, oh yeah, they don't bother chasing him down because they know they've confiscated his ship. Yeah. So they figure out that because basically the 
this, this alien species known as the bugs, they love causing chaos. They love getting more, more food for me and my family. They just like <laughs> starting shit, basically. And so they're like, well, he's come down to obviously do something. He's killed these these diplomats. Um, he's not. He's going to want to escape the planet. And he's got in the galaxy at this point because he goes back. To, oh, no, no, he goes back to the morgue. He goes back this. later to yes. kidnap the... Um, well, he get, to get the galaxy, then she's he, just a hostage. Yeah, she's a hostage, yeah. So that's the other thing I remember now that was the good callbacks. They mention earlier when Kay's explaining to Jay a bunch of like how alien stuff is embedded into uh, everyday life. So, like Vel- Velcro, Velcro, microwaves. Oh, they show like a bunch of, uh, on screen a bunch of people who are aliens. They show Spielberg and Stallone on there <laughs> as people who are aliens and who are being monitored. Um, I'm sure there's some other people on there that we just didn't recognize. But one of the things they talk about is how the World Trade, um, the uh, not the World Trade Center, uh, the World's, uh, Fair. World's Fair um, was built to disguise the first landing. The first landing. So the the um, I keep wanting to say World Trade Center. God, the, um, the World's, World's, Fair. World's Fair. They are both uh, spaceships, and so they, it is once again Jay, whose knowledge of New York is like, hey, you old guys. Um, he they're panicking because they've only been given. Uh, one standard um, galactic galactic week. week, which is just an hour on Earth, and uh, they uh, Jay's like, hey, it, it's probably the World's Fair. He's going to try and escape on. Um, so this yeah. is yeah, this is all after the whole morgue bit where we have the chemistry between Jay and L kind of blossoming, Repeatedly. which is so. Every time she gets new, oh, that bit where she looks up at him and is like, oh, you've got really pretty eyes. And he's she- like, ooh. And Jay's like, please, Kay, stop neuralizing her. You'll literally give her cancer. She's been neuralized like four times. At this you have a flashy thing, me. Hey, Kay, you have a flashy thing, me. No. <laughs> You're not lying to me, are you? No. <laughs> so good. So they go back to the morgue. Um, we've, we've completely... Because we've, we've, we've gone back and forth between the morgue bit and the World's Fair Discovery bit. So at the morgue bit itself, we have that great bit where uh, I believe it's David Cross. Who it shows... is David, a David Cross camera. Is it David yeah. Cross? It is, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't see him here. Yeah, it is David Cross. He's just not... Look, he's just not listening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yes, yes, yes. No, he's there. Oh. Um, yeah, he's there as one of the morgue attendants. And we get the bit where Edgar is like rocking up and just hitting the ding repeatedly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's so happy when he's dinging that bell. That's how it works. And then he keeps on destroying like the. He's like, ah, there's a cat. Oh, it was a family friend, uh, and a gift, uh, I want to adopt it. And he's all there, like, just killing the flies. He's like, don't do that. <laughs> and then, like, so he lets, Kay lets Jay go in on his own. By which point, um, the, uh, Laurel has been kidnapped, or is being held at gunpoint. Um, Where's the crap? Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Kay is about to take, like, again, this should have been a way cooler smoking moment, because, like, he... This a cool, it looks cool when Tommy Lee Jones smokes a cigarette. Anyway, he goes in to light a cigarette and then the goop comes down from the ceiling. It's one of my favourite shots in the film. And he looks up and David Cross has just been gozzed on to, mm-hmm. to all just completely gozzed. He's in, he's in Goztown. Goz? <laughs> he's in Goztown. Yeah, so then that point, that's the point where we get the whole, you know, one summer galactic week and then they have to go and get it. And then, you know, the, they, they go to the, the World's Fair to go rescue Laurel. They get the galaxy back has your favorite moment that you've shown me repeatedly where they push the button on the car and the car becomes cool and drives fast and then Kay puts on L. Push the little red button. <laughs> it's like, put your seatbelt on. And then they play uh, Promised Land by Elvis, which is probably my favorite Elvis song. Left my home because in North of this Virginia, California. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, it's probably a reason why. Um, and you know Elvis is dead, right? Elvis is not dead. He just went home. And yeah. he had that great bit where Tommy Jones is like just bobbing his head back and forth upside down. I love it. Yeah, everyone in men in the MIB at this point where they literally have like... Oh, the worms leave? Yeah, the, the, like, the worms trying to get out. You goddamn uh, double-crossing bastards. They're there with like their packets of cigarettes that they've bought in bulk. Like, ah! Let's you power! Yeah, so it's a, it's a great time. I but, bloody yeah. love the worms. Everyone man. in MIB is so chill about the fact the, uh, the Earth might Oh, there's that great now. bit where he's like, Kay, we did not have time for this, uh, any of this cover-up bullshit in case, like, there's always a, an Achillean death ray and a zombie plague. Or, like, the only reason people uh, get on with their miserable little lives is that they do not know about it. <laughs> um just great stuff man and we hope so they get to the world's fair and we have that badass moment when they pull out by the way the prop guns in this movie might be some of the coolest prop guns ever made they look awesome but there's that bit where they take the guns out of the back of the the car trunk and let the bugs check in but they don't check out ah <laughs> oh, it's so good um sorry there's a fly hearing me Oh, don't do that again. No, leave him alone. No, I can't. There he goes, dead now. No. <laughs> Sorry, I actual bug killed live in recording. 
Maybe maybe there is a bug around here. Whoa. Maybe there's a big bug hanging around. Vincent, Vincent, are you here? What no one can see right now on the pod is that I'm actually like propped against like the lamp and I'm like licking it. Like I'm like eating the fibers. Moth bug. (laughs) (laughs) Zeb, we got a moth. We gotta hide all of Earth's lamps. I don't know if any of this will pick up on the recording. But I mean, yeah. no, I, I can, I can see the levels there. It's good. Yeah, well, good. Your, your laptop screen's very bright. No, I don't. Moth. No, no, moth. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they get. Anyway. they get to the bit. There's a. Uh, he's carrying Laurel up the um, up the ladder to the spaceships that have been. I'll need a snack on the way. Yeah, it's a long journey. I'll need a snack. <laughs> it's like I'm actually very important. Ah, oh, good war, more food for my family. All seventy-eight billion. It's of turning them. into a weird impression of like a mix of both Nicolas Cage and Jimmy Stewart. Oh. Like, this, is where, this, is where, this is where we're at. I'm the bug. <laughs> well, that's cutting into Mason Virgin now. Oh yeah, there's a little Mason Virgin. Oh, spitters are quitters. Yeah, it's bad. An amalgamation of impressions are coming. I want a baby, Margo. I want a baby. This is this is all we do when we're alone (laughs) together is quote random stuff. Can we please talk about the climax of Men in Black? (laughs) Yes. So she jumps off onto a tree, precariously balanced. Um, and then uh, Kay and Jay shoot down the spacecraft as it's going. Starts crash landing. It goes, over, it goes over a baseball field. It's so very good though, because like as it's coming to crash in front of them, Kay and Jay are just stood there, and Kay's just stood there, all badass, not moving, and Jay's just that's my favorite. That might be the funniest joke for me. Is Jay just looking back and forth at him, just like we're gonna <laughs> in that wonderfully gonna... clearly green screen shot. It yeah. has aged perfectly fine. I'll have you know, just nah, because it's green schemes, the green scheme is perfectly fine. No, 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 no. But he crashes out. <laughs> There's another bug. Oh my god, there is another bug. <sighs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yes, I've lived. <laughs> I got it. There we go. Some vibes, everyone. This literally is replicating the um the end the the ending of this movie. I'm where... sorry, was that your auntie? Yeah, where where he where <laughs> Kay is like distracted because the bug has shed his his skin at this point. Yeah, yeah. And so Kay literally like they gets his gun. They get their guns taken away yeah, by. He gets him. antagonized to uh to get him to eat. For the bug to eat Kay. Like, eat me, you scummers. Eat me! Yeah, and so Jay is trying to distract him by stepping on a bunch of his cockroach pals. And he's like, oops. Oh, don't start nothing if you don't want nothing. Oh. Oh, oh. oh man. You better start, get out of my face before something bad happens to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I love movies with slime. Yeah, I will There's a lot of good slime at the end I w- here. I will say I do feel the ending is a bit anticlimactic. I know it's the whole the world's going to be exploded in eight minutes type thing. and But I think it's the fact that like the spaceship takes off, gets shot down very quickly, and then you have not really even a fight with the bug. It just kind of like takes away their weapons, it swallows K, and then gets antagonized by J. And doesn't like... It kind of... There's a bit of a chase, but like... I feel like it's a, like right. a little anti I have an argument. For me, for me. I have mm. the reason why I think it works, right, is I think any overly elaborate choreographed action sequence for Kay wouldn't make sense because he is so good at his job that any extraneous movement wouldn't make sense. Like, he just stands there, shoots the ship down. Gets eaten, shoots him from inside. Yeah, that's fair. And Jay just gets his ass kicked. And I guess it leads to the whole thing of like this stuff happens. Like, yeah, it's such a day on the job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they they blow him up, and I just love I love them being covered in gauze. It's really funny. Uh, and then they're there spitting it all out, and they've got the thing, and he's like, "Oh, you've got your gun back." And he's like, "I like this gun. <laughs> I love that." And then you can see in the background of the shot that uh, the the Edgar is reforming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, L comes out of nowhere, blows up more slime and guts and yeah. stuff everywhere. Oh, and I love like, it! Wow, this gal's pretty great. Maybe we should hire her too. Oh, she's so good. It's like a normal. Well, forget the quote. She's like, "Is this a normal day for you guys or yeah. something?" Oh man, that is a great. Her holding that gun, cultural reset. Yeah, <laughs> she she looks good in that Men in Black suit. It's good. Yeah. So we get to the ending after that. The Earth has been saved. It's another wor- another average working week for the MIB. And then we have the whole thing where he pulls out the neural eyes at the end and Jay's like, oh, no, okay, you can't flashy thing her again. Just let her- There's no need for that. It's like, it's for me. 
Because he's not let Jay use it the entire movie. Yeah, and he's like, um, this is a, uh, you know, this is the, the, I've just been, I've just spent the last 10 minutes in the, in, in the gut of an intergalactic cockroach. It's one of the million memories I do not want. Mm-hmm. But he's talking about the stars and the idea of, like, living and mm-hmm. wanting to, to have, you know, spend the rest of his life. And earlier and... we see that he's been cheekily, like, looking at oh. surveillance stuff of, of, his, of his wife. The, get, that scene is so good as well, by the way. I mean, we've, we've really ping-ponged around. We but, have, but that... Much like that one little orb that pinged around the Oh, the one that caused the like... 1970-something New York blackout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 But that, that's such a great bit, because he's looking at her, and it's like... Like, you know, really wistful, it... and then and then Jay interrupts Jay's slowly, and then wheeling over. Immediately, K deletes everything, goes back into his agent persona, and starts arranging the stuff on his yeah. desk. There's a great oh. bit for it where Jay's asking, like, "Well, you know what they say? Better to have loved and lost than not loved at all." And he's like, "No, you don't." Yeah, yeah. Or something to that. Try effect. it. Try it. Yeah, something to that effect. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of Tommy Lee Jones and, and Will Smith have really great chemistry in this. They work off each other very, very well. That's so um, good. Yeah. Again, I feel Will Smith does just his Will Smith thing, which is fine. It's just fine. That's what what he's known for. What he's good at. Um, and Tommy Lee Jones, just Tommy Lee Jones, he's he's, he's great. He's, he's like such a great character, like a little southern, like you know, a, like very stoic, very matter of fact, uh, with all this like really wild stuff. I just love how nothing. Fa- he's so dead. He's like he's got a sense of humor about him. Like ah, oh, he's can be like. He's never even truly exasperated. He's just kind of disappointed in you rather than angry. Like he's K is a really, a really fun, cute character. Yeah, um, you can see why I love Tommy Jones yes. so much. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they have a, they have a look at the stars, and then he gets neuralized, and he's like, oh, "I'll see you around." And Jay's like, "No, no, you won't. You won't." And then you see on the front cover of the of the silly little newspapers that man in coma for thirty five years reunites with wife. <laughs> it's gonna be. But then it's all fine because in the second movie he gets back in the game. So curious question, actually, because that, that is that is Men in Black. You know, they have that great yeah. bit at the end where it's L and J working together mm-hmm. um, for the sequel. Because um, I I don't I don't think because it's weird for me. Like I'm caught between two minds. I don't think there's a point in doing any sequel to this movie without Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, oh, it would have been nice to keep Agent L around. Mm-hmm. I would have really liked to have had more of their partnership. But at the same time. MIB 2 has that great opening where it's Patrick Warburton. Who doesn't want to see Patrick Warburton as an MIB agent? So I don't know what you kind of think. Was, 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 should this have just been a wanna? Because I know a lot of people don't like the sequels. And I like, I like MIB 2 and 3. I, li- I, li- I can't remember much of 2 at all, bar the whole thing of the crux of the comedy of that movie, question mark. It's a bit horny. Is that K is being brought back and he doesn't remember anything. Yeah. Um, I, so I remember more of 3 and I do like um but uh like i think for me and that's part of what holds me back i guess from this movie is that if i i w- i want to see so much more of this world and like i want to see more of like the nitty-gritty and that's what we the benefit of what we get from having sequels and expanded content like uh like the cartoon series Cause this movie takes place only over a course of like three or four days yeah so it, it's very it's very speedy and like the movie itself is is, is very short so um i think I, I i just have issues with with this movie in terms of sense of like i want to see so much so much more um and i think having the sequels does does help with that you get to see more types of aliens you get to see more of like leaving, interactions leaving and stuff, it, the movie know? leaving you wanting more it's not necessarily I mean, a bad thing no but I, I yeah i i think i i it's one of those things similar to leave like when we watch lethal weapon where a lot of those movies and their sequel content blurs into one just big melting pot of brand you know mm. what i mean on movie movie franchise and like all the elements kind of mix in together and i wouldn't be able to remember necessarily what comes from what movie so that that's where it sits for for me um i think i think it's a fun time you clearly love it like more than i do but that's fine you are j i am k um i've seen it all before um but i think for for me like it's it's really enjoyable and like it is so as you say perfectly for this season it is so just summer summer sci-fi fun and that's what makes it so enjoyable i don't know if i'd necessarily show it to a young kid because there's a lot of like fun stuff in it but there is some stuff that's still like a bit too like gruesome and, and a little bit nothing wrong with scaring a little, a bit, kid. little bit spooky you can, get, you, can, you can get scared a little bit of spooks um but yeah i i you know i completely understand why you love it so much for me like when i when i you know when i write when i rated it um it's not because i necessarily dis like dislike it like 
intensely or like dislikes it. Three and a half stars. That means it's good. <laughs> yeah, that means like I enjoyed it, but there's nothing. There's like most of the time when I rate something, this is me going back to my narc mode on the pod. There's nothing like most of the time when I rate something three and a half or like four, it's because there's nothing wrong with the four. Parts right? enjoy, there's parts I enjoy, but there's parts where like holds me back. With this, it's not necessarily parts that hold me back. It's more, I guess, it's just not my thing. Like I, I, I enjoy it for what it is. And that's fine. Like, I don't need to, like, it's not blowing my mind, but it's really fun. And there's nothing that's necessarily, like, bad about it, per se. Like, that's fair. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's me. Three and a half tells me you had a nice time with it. Yeah. Which is fine. But I, I love this movie. It's been a part of my, I'm, like, Men in Black is a formative movie experience for me. And just like the 90s perfected summer music, um, it also perfected the, the summer movies. Um, and Will Smith obviously got to do both with this, because not only did he do the movie, did the song for the movie, which perfectly sampled Forget Me Nots to the point where I don't think people, a lot of people would know that Men in Black was originally like. I, I do think that the Men in Black song is perhaps some of Will Smith's best lyric, lyrical it's writing pro- as probably well. Probably his best song. That there is, yeah, like, I mean, he has a lot of bangers, but I think the lyrics in Men in Black, there's some really great, like, there's some really great stuff in there. I couldn't even name off the top of my head because I don't even know the song that well. The music but... video as well. Fantastic. Oh, the music video is iconic, yeah. Oh, man. No, and, ba- and black suits come in from Men in Black Two as also. Yeah, black suits going is also great. I honestly, I'm, I'm, I'd be more than happy to go through all these movies because <laughs> uh, I do. I, I have some takes on MIB Two, a movie that I haven't seen in a while, but one that I never really understood the the intense dislike for, other than it being nowhere near as good as the original. Um, but yeah, Men in Black, bloody love it, great time, um, perfect summer, summer vibes. Um, I don't really, I'm not really sure I have anything else to add at this point, but I just, I think it's a great time and I love Men in Black. I loved, it was, it was nice to revisit on this weekend, which has been, it's been a tough week. Um, and I'll always love and appreciate this movie. It's kind of like, um, you know how like I, I know most of the lines in Phantom Menace, like mm-hmm. Men in Black is another one where it's like, oh God, so much of this dialogue is like stuck in my head. It's probably, <laughs> it might be up there in my top five most like rewatched movies ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this has been our little look back at Men in Black and the Wheel of That Movies podcast. And the first episode of the Summer Vibe season. Um, I don't know what's coming up next. We've got a few different things coming up. Um, but I've also got, uh, I think I, I want to do Die Hard with a Vengeance because it's my favorite Die Hard. Perfect Summer Movie literally opens up with, in the city. Anyway. How can they support the pod, Ewan? Anyway. Yes. Please go to Patreon. <laughs> We are Wheel of Dad Movies on Patreon if you do want to support us there and I will give a quick shout out to our patrons. Thank you so much Christopher Darby, George Jackson, Thomas Mulgrew, Shaka and Josh Brown for bearing with us as we did that. As not only did we we sing the the Men in Black song very badly at the beginning, we then killed two bugs live on camera. (laughs) You don't get that in any kind of other podcast to be honest. Um, And you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at we love dad movies and you can follow me at you and ruins things i'm there pretty much everywhere except on letterboxd where i'm just you and patterson and zan um where, where are you are you just in the mib vault no i'm by the lamp by the lamp <laughs> i didn't do nearly enough vincent d'onofrio impressions here you should be working. I should be eating. <laughs> I know it's not with any series, but it's close enough to the uh, to the voice. Oh, goodbye, everyone. Buzz, buzz. It's the neuralizer noise. Oh. Do you want to? No, I think we. That's that's a that's a trombone or a trumpet. What have we been doing for the past fifty minutes? Oh God. <laughs> Bye.